Welcome to the Elite Foundations podcast, how to build an elite foundation physically and mentally to win at life. No theory, just real world results. Your hosts are Dr. Emil, ex-emergency doctor, entrepreneur, and health coach, and myself, Itamar, ex-Israeli special forces, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Welcome to today's episode, guys. So today is a part of a three-part series where we're kind of wrapping down season one. And we're going to do this episode today about the main lessons both Emil and I have learned from each other throughout this process and how we've implemented them. The next episode will be questions that we still have for each other. And the final episode will be Q&As from the audience, something that you guys have still have questions about that you're curious and that we can answer on the spot. So for today, we're just going to start off. And Emil is going to start us off by saying the primary lessons he's learned from what we've covered here so far. And I'll follow him. So Emil, take it away. Yeah, awesome. So this is a very interesting episode. And if you've been following the podcast at all, you will know that there have been a lot of lessons throughout just from the interactions and the questions and, and everything else. And also, this is slightly skewed by the fact that I actually did the arena, the mindset accelerator that Itamar runs. So uh, literally a few months ago. So a lot of his case studies are based on the concepts behind the arena, the mindset accelerator. So there's a lot of overlap there. But the lessons have been pretty significant. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on the actual podcast, but I actually got a tattoo at the end of last year. Um, and I remember showing you guys on the arena on the call and you just like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> it was your first tattoo. It was, that was a significant thing. It wasn't like you were one of these guys who gets a tattoo every Thursday and Friday, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that, that was kind of the significance of, of you know, the, the whole of the last year, the journey starting with starting to identify my true self, my authentic self, and then figuring out over time how that looked, how I should operate in the world, how I should uh, interact with others. And then a lot of stuff came together, which kind of closed the loop, as I call it. And that is then where I got the tattoo, which is a band around my forearm, black going into red. Um, and I can talk more about that another time. But anyway, the biggest lesson, which actually we just spoke about on the last podcast was, and this is, I suppose, the, the manifestation of, of the greater thing as we discussed. So it's it's boundaries and not sacrificing myself, which kind of go together. And as we kind of spoke about on the last podcast, this is much more about defining who I want to be or who I want to be what I want from life, or as you put it, to look back from you know my deathbed and, and to kind of say, okay, I lived as I wanted to, I have no regrets. And then what I need to actually, how I need to behave in this world, how I need to operate to be able to achieve that. From that, I get my boundaries and I get um, this, this empowerment not to sacrifice myself. And I think, the, the step in between those two is the value system which we which we went over and that was not kind of defining values by my strengths in the moment which is kind of what they were initially it's like these are things which I'm good at these are my values it's almost like a cheat code it's like I've my, I'm already living my values because this is what I do right now it's feel good fluff a lot of those things just feel good it, so fluff. it's bullshit yeah. it's like you look at a list of, of 10 values and you're like yeah i identify most with these three therefore those are my values <laughs> like this is fucking great i've won and that that leaves zero room for growth because you just keep doing the same dumb shit you've been doing your whole life and don't get anywhere 
and then the value system that we identified was okay if you want to be this person what values would that person have not what values do you have now but what values would you need to have to move up to that level and for me that value system caused me to really double down on boundaries and double down on not sacrificing myself and not operating from scarcity um, which then allowed me to level up and the, the other kind of unique part of the value system that is that is that it's attached to philosophies and these philosophies are specific actions because it's all well and good having an, a value of courage or trust or abundance but having philosophies which basically say and correct me if i'm wrong because i don't want to butcher your wording but they're 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 ways that you should behave their specific actions that you should take in life that will be aligned with those values and they're specific to you so almost like when this happens this is how i'm going to behave yep they're, they're behavioral guidelines to say if this is the value that i hold in this situation what would somebody like this do in these kind of situations and if you know ahead of time this is how i'm supposed to conduct myself when those situations arise you actually act on what the values you should have instead of just acting how you feel in the moment yeah, and, it, and what did you call it? It's something from the military where you almost predetermine actions in certain situations so that when behavioral cues, was it? Mental models. Mental models, that's the one. So you create a mental model of that. Yeah, so in, in the thick of it, when emotions are high and, and you know shit is going down, like someone's invited you for a coffee, you know how you want to behave in that moment and you're not like you know scrambling to, to figure shit out. You're like, no, no, because of this, because of who I want to be, this is one of my values because of this value this is the action i need to take this is a scenario an example and this is what i'm going to do and then there's no stress it's just like boom you practice that mental model you you grease that groove um and you you level up so by the way this is exactly what i was trying to say in the previous podcast that i felt like you weren't agreeing with me. well i i think i was agreeing with you i just i just think the way that you were saying like oh yeah just do it overnight because for me it feels like it's you know taken a whole year I was, okay, so I wasn't saying overnight. I was saying this is this is how it needs to happen. I agree. So forget about the how long. It's just that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. But I just think it's kind of like cyclical. So let me ask this: Can you give an example of, let's say, a year ago, where things would have been different as to how now you have these set values and these set philosophies? Can you give an actual example, like last year, I wouldn't have done this, and then I would have regretted it, or something along those lines. Like, where does this actually help you in a tangible way? I mean, I, I've literally just pulled up my my values sheets and all of the philosophies are basically all the things that I was doing wrong in the past, which I then am now trying to fix. And, I, and I'm sort of so. So one, I suppose, example, which is particularly relevant for, for entrepreneurs is saying yes to any and every opportunity, shining shiny object, networking event, uh, meeting because I was terrified of not fulfilling my potential. I was terrified of, of <laughs> and that, that was attached to my self-worth. So self-worth and achievement, and if I didn't do everything, I wouldn't have achievement. And it was just this scarcity, this, this fear. And by just catching myself when those things happen and kind of having taking a very logical look at the reality of the situation, again, this is another module in the, in the arena, you know, false beliefs, then I can kind of stand down and just keep doing what I was doing and kind of start to hold boundaries, right? Against all these things which which are trying to intrude and impose on my life. I suppose that's quite an abstract example, but the pressure of should, there we go. 
Yeah, the pressure of should. Yeah, that that was the main thing for you. Remember the pressure of should. That whenever I was like, whenever should pops into your head, should you do this? That's when you got to take a step back and be cautious. Yeah, and then there was another specific example from from just last year, which was again one of the reasons for the tattoo was where I was sacrificing myself a lot, again and again, on multiple occasions, because of scarcity, because of fear. And once I realized that, it just became a hard line. It became a solidified boundary. It was like, okay, this is no longer acceptable. Like, this is, I, I'm not playing this game anymore. This is not who I want to be. This is not how I want to operate. And then just a more lighthearted one. One of my values was fun, because as you know, I've kind of got this thing about fun. And again, it was fear of, it's all tied to the same thing, right? Fear of, of scarcity, fear of, of you know, losing momentum, fear of not taking opportunities. So one of my philosophies was to to go on adventures and live in the moment. And uh, I've literally written, I go on adventures and live in the moment when it looks fun without undue fear of not being optimal. Like if I spend Saturday going to visit a cenote in Playa del Carmen, I could be working. But no, because this is one of my values, because this is one of my actions, I will go and do that because it looks like fun. doesn't matter that it's not optimal in, in air quotes. Like anyway, that's another whole discussion. Cool. All right. So that's lesson number one. It's a big one, man. It's a very, very big one. Yeah. So, so that, that's lesson number one. And, and lesson number two is a learning a system. So I've written it here in my notes. Learning a system for growth by removing mental barriers for change rather than trying to ramp up motivation. And this is basically a pitch for the arena, right? <laughs> this, is, this is basically what it is. But, <laughs> you know, when it's like, what lessons did you learn? Like I freaking... That's what I that's what I learned. That was super impactful. That's what you describe on all these case studies. You know, these people went through this system and, and they made a gain. So of course those are the most powerful things I learned. So I'm not gonna, you know, blow smoke up your ass and, and keep banging on about it. But the, the the biggest thing is it's a system because it's not theory. So can I say this? This is what how I think it can resonate with other people that I think people out there need to recognize there's a way to do this in a very tangible, systematic manner, whether the arena or else or whatever it may be. But I think a lot of people don't want to, I call it the action equation, where the way you take action is either by upping your level of desire or reducing the level of friction, both external and internal. And most people think the only way to remove the internal stuff is woo-woo or it takes endless years of therapy or ayahuasca trips or whatever it may be. And like, all I'm trying to say is there's other ways that are more tangible, more practical, and more systematic to actually get the same result and remove that friction. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so there's there's two things there which I really like. One is that it's actual practice, it's practical shit. It's the difference between having woo-woo values, which mean nothing, but you just kind of, you know, affirm every day and actually do fucking nothing different about. And then having actual philosophies, which are like, when this happens, I am going to do this. When Saturday comes, I am gonna go on an adventure. Like, this is how I embody the value of fun today right now and then the other thing there is a lot of people say and i've been wrestling with this for a long time for an example for example happiness oh yeah when x happens i will be happy in the future at some point i will be happy i will be authentic i will be my true self i will be content i will be at peace whereas what itamar is saying is this is available now right this is available in a short time frame this is available immediately there's nothing stopping you from achieving these things now it doesn't have to be years of therapy or meditation or anything else there is a very 
actionable way of doing it, whether this is the arena or any other method. Just be aware that this is about... It's possible. Just be aware that it's possible. That's a thing. Yeah. And, and there's a quote, and I think it's Tom Bilyeu of Quest Nutrition, who says, be patient with uh, results, but impatient with action. Like, don't put off the action because things take time. Like, you need to start taking action right now. And the results, all right, they will. It's not going to happen like that. But so, so be patient for the results. Don't be frustrated or beat yourself up, but start taking action. Start taking action towards the results. Otherwise, you know, you're... you're sitting there with your thumb up your ass doing nothing. So, I mean, th those are my lessons. I mean, it's, it's basically we've gone through the modules of the arena one to six and, and there we go. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, man. Well, first off, I'm happy to hear about it. It's been a, a fruitful season for you. It's been a growing season. It's got you a tattoo. Um, yeah, cool. So should we move on to my lessons? So one is a more tangible one. Honestly, it's as far as nutrition. I thought this was such a, a complex science you have to put so much effort into. And I remember when I asked you one, on one podcast, okay, so like my issue is that I feel like sometimes I'm two kilos over my weight. Sometimes I'm two kilos under and like, what's the problem there? And you're like, there's no problem. I was like, what do you mean? You're like, that's, that's, that's a fine range. That's okay. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think that was for me a giant wake up. I think that's why a lot of people go into all these crazes because you think it has to be perfect and a lot of things that you talk about in throughout the season is perfection is the enemy in a lot of ways it's like you're aiming for good enough and also establishing what that good enough is for you and once you do that it's like just all of the stress around it goes most of the stress around it goes away and then you're able to take the right actions yeah i mean a, a huge part of the process is is cutting out 95 percent of the bullshit 95 percent of the needless stress doubling down on what is actually important and then just settling into that groove. And the, the, the prerequisites for that are being confident in those actions that you're taking. Otherwise, you can't settle into the groove. You're constantly anxious. Why did my weight go up two kilos? Why, you know, am I doing the right thing? I've, I've been doing the right thing for, you know, I've been doing something for, for a year. Is it the right thing? So, yeah. And it's not that there's anything wrong with striving to do better. But if perfectionism is getting in the way of your results then perhaps it's suboptimal and there's another way to approach it i think the bigger lesson there that i took away from it was you also got to define what you want to be perfect at so to speak if you're an entrepreneur you're a business person you're also a father whatever it may be like yeah you're probably not trying to be a professional athlete at the same time and for a lot of people i feel that's a challenge they're trying to do this nutrition perfect like an olympic athlete would but like, why would you? And that doesn't, and because you're not, you don't have the lifestyle of an Olympic athlete, it's not sustainable. So it doesn't end up working. And I think that's the bigger thing, really defining what your goal should be like, how you're saying most people just want to be healthy, like maybe have a six pack, look good and be active and have a lot of energy. Yet we're told a lot of times that we should have these nutrition programs and workout programs as if that's the entire key focus of our life. And that's why there's this friction. It doesn't work. It's not sustainable. And that's really been like a big, big thing of being cognizant on your goals on a high level. What are you really trying to optimize for? That's what you keep saying. What are you optimizing for? And that's been a big lesson in taking obviously like outside of nutrition as well and really like giving that a lot of thought. Yeah, for sure. I, I always say, all right, an elite athlete, fine. You need to be perfect. Yeah, you do. Because you're trying to beat someone by 0.01 of a second. Um, and I call that 11 out of 10. You know, you're operating at the peak of human potential. 
And that means that other areas of your life are three out of 10. Like you don't have time to focus on relationships, you can't party, whatever else. But what I believe can happen is you can operate at eight or nine out of 10 across all domains. So what you're sacrificing by going to 11 is everything. Whereas if you operate at eight or nine, you can be healthy, you can have amazing relationships with family, friends, whatever else, you can have a very successful business, you can have a lot of fun, you can experience life. I mean, that's pretty much why we started this podcast, building this elite foundation so that you can live at the highest level across the board. It's an elite foundation for winning at life. In the first or second episode, we talked about what winning in life was. And that's my definition, operating at a fucking high level across the board. I think that's a really interesting takeaway. Like I'm listening to this right now. Like your biggest takeaway from what I was saying is that there absolutely is a pragmatic way to systematically overcome your internal resistance. So you can take a lot more action and be a lot more happy and so on and so on. And your kind of big idea that you've been spreading throughout this is that if instead of trying to be an 11 out of 10 at one thing and really just not having an enjoyable life and or a successful life across the board, you can be an 8 or 9 out of 10 at most things. And I think for most people, that, that the math doesn't add up, so to speak. So it doesn't make sense and they don't want to believe that. And honestly, for me, it also took a while to believe that and hop on board that train with you. Yeah. I mean, scratching beneath the surface, it works through habits and behaviors put on autopilot, which then you can forget about. Like it takes bandwidth at the start, but then you reduce it to almost zero bandwidth. And by operating on the 80-20 principle, Pareto's principle, identifying the 20% of things which give you the vast majority of the results. And honestly, in health, 20% of the actions will give you 95% of the results. 95, okay, boom, you're nine out of 10. Just by doing these 20% of these actions. And if you think 20% for health, 20% for relationships, 20% for business, 20% for, you know, whatever the hell else, you're suddenly operating at 80 or 90% by identifying this 80-20. And for business, we've done that. We, we kind of know that as entrepreneurs. Um, you know, relationships, we, we, you know, we're figuring it out perhaps. But for health, I've cracked it, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, th- this is basically what I'm trying to sell. The problem is it's, it's not sexy. It's not, ah, oh, you can drop four million pounds in two days and, you know, you can check your insulin and, you know, that will give you magic powers and pixie dust. It's like, no, 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 that's not how this works. And I, if it did, I'd be all over that shit. It doesn't. I'll say this. I think the big part of the whole check your insulin and what we're talking about, oh, just do keto, is that it gives people a sense of security. Because what you're saying, people, like, they feel like it needs to be hard in order for them to be successful. And I think that's the, the challenge. They're like, oh, it should be hard. I should toughen up. I should grind. I should check all this. Be on top of that. And I think that's the hard part for people to accept, that maybe that's not true. Entrepreneurs specifically, they love intensity hard. They don't like consistency hard. Because intensity hard, you can go at 100. You feel like you're, you know, I'm waking up at 4 a.m. and I'm, you know, training twice a day and all this bullshit. It's like, look, you haven't trained for the last five years. What are you doing training twice a day? What I want is consistency hard. I want you to go to bed at 10 o'clock every night. I want you to exercise three times a week for the the rest of your life. Like, what, train for three hours? No, 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 train for 30 minutes. Give me 30 minutes. I want you to eat just a little bit less. No, don't cut out carbs. Keep having ice cream. Just eat a little bit less. But then what can I post on my Instagram email? How can I post going hard, hashtag hustle? And then, I mean, this is a classic and I'm not gonna go on about it, but you know, people start these things and they post everywhere and then suddenly it just goes silent. And it's just like, okay, 
fine. I'm not I'm not here to shoot people down. I'm just saying, look, maybe there's another way because this is the seventh time you've gone in hard and then gone silent. And it's not because your willpower is weak or your motivation is poor or you're suboptimal as a human. It's just because you're doing it wrong. There's a better way. <laughs> just make it difficult. But it's a, so this is my second point I had here, which pretty much just covered now, but to focus on the fundamentals. It's that whole, the 80-20, I, I like, I think about it as the fundamentals. For some reason, that makes more sense to me. But yeah, that if you focus on the fundamentals and you keep doing the fundamentals right in health and other things and optimize for what exactly you're trying to win at, like what game are you trying to win at? Like you're not a professional athlete, but it just becomes easier. It becomes much more simple and it removes a lot of the angst of, should I do this? Should I do that? Like, no, just do this and you're good. Setting that good enough line that if you just cover these fundamentals, you'll be good. Maybe you won't be perfect because again, that's not what you're aiming for. That's what I'm trying to optimize for, but you'll be good. And if that's what you want, great. Just do that. Keep it simple. F fundamentals at 80-20 are synonymous. So I look at it as pyramids. You start with a base. And once you've nailed the base, you can move to the next level. You can't just go to the peak and start fucking around with the optimizations, which is what most people do. And the way I visualize it is with a slider, an optimization slider. When you're pumped, when you've got bandwidth, you slide that slider right up. You put the volume up. You, you optimize. But when life gets busy, when shit happens, and this always happens because it's life, you just go back to the fundamentals. And that's the difference. Before you would optimize and go to zero, optimize and go to zero. Now all I'm suggesting is identify the fundamentals, build them into habit, make them effortless to stick to through creation of the environment, uh, building habits, whatever else, social support, and call that base camp. Never go below base camp. And then from base camp, you can fire out towards the peak, optimization, ramp it up, but always just drop back to base camp. There's nothing wrong with dropping back to base camp. And base camp is sufficient. That's the 80-20. Question. Yeah. Doesn't also base camp itself keep yep. getting higher and higher throughout? The, yeah, so that's an interesting thing like to mention. It's like I would call it a baseline because your baseline keeps rising. Yeah, it does, but it doesn't need to. It just does naturally. Yeah, but it just happens. It just exactly, happens. that's what I'm saying. Like, just, yeah. My baseline is high because I've been doing this for 20 years. But like you will make progress with the minimum base camp. And it's not the min it, it, that those are the fundamentals. It's not the minimum base camp. And you can foray out, but what I find most people say or do is that they're very happy at base camp because it allows them to live their life and enjoy it. And actually, when I say optimize, a lot of people optimize for like, I'm going to weigh my broccoli to the gram. I'm like, look, let's optimize for enjoyment. Let's optimize for energy levels. Let's optimize so that you're not hungry. Those are the things we should optimize for first, primarily, because that secures base camp. That means you have no reason to leave because it's comfortable. You've got a pool. You've got a cinema. You're like, I'm happy in base camp. I don't need to go back down. You know, let's let's build and fortify base camp. Yep. Fair. Cool. So if, say my final lesson, it's much smaller, more pragmatic. It's the best type. Protein plus veg. Let's focus on those two things. <laughs> like honestly, when we we moved countries, um, me and my whole family this past month, and we stayed obviously at a couple of hotels because of that. You're on flights. You're also in, you stayed in Airbnb until you, we finally found our house and all that. And we didn't have like a a set meal plan, like how we usually have that. I know this is usually what I eat and da da da. And honestly, just focusing on protein and veg, I felt great throughout this month. I think I'm actually possibly like in better shape almost. Like, and it's just honestly focus on that simple thing. All my meals need to be focused around first having protein, then having veg. Oh, and also with the hotels, the big thing is how you said you don't eat free food. So like, obviously I'm not gonna not eat the, at the breakfast buffet, but I asked myself a simple question. If this just cost a dollar, would I pay to eat it? 
Because, you know, you're going to the breakfast buffet and there's a lot of nonsense there. And I'm asking, if this was just a dollar, even though a dollar means nothing, it's, it's tiny money, but just a symbolic, would I actually make an effort to give something of mine in order to get this if it wasn't completely free? And those two things, protein, veg, plus what it costs, if it costs anything, would I eat it? That really saved me a bunch of kilos this move. So it was very practical. I mean, it's it's core it's core advice, and you know a lot. You know what a lot of diets are like: cut out carbs, reduce this, get rid of this. And I'm like, let's go positive. Add some protein. Add some vegetables. You know, and and that works. It's much more psychologically pleasing. It's much it's a much better mindset to get into. And we talk about a pyramid. The bottom layer is not eating too much. The second layer is protein. The third layer is vegetables, pretty much. So by focusing on so I didn't, I didn't even do that. I just, I would go to the buffet. I would get a big omelet, like a five egg omelet. And then I'd also load some veggies on my plate, go back to the table, eat that. And then if I wanted something, which most of the times I didn't really after that, I had it. But I never felt like I was depriving myself, like having to think less calories. It just happened naturally. But that's the trick. Because if you focus on protein and veg, then the, the energy balance takes care of itself. Whereas if you start your day eating free freaking stale croissants or whatever bullshit they put in those buffets <laughs> then yeah of course you're going to overeat like it's a no-brainer you're having cake for breakfast like yeah. you're not a 12 year old you know so you're just priming yourself in a really bad way out of scarcity because you you want to you want free food you want to make the most of this shitty buffet like wow like come on yeah yep cool yeah those are my primary lessons it's been a very interesting season. Learned a lot as far as the, the health stuff. And also it was very fun riffing on the, the mindset stuff and the whole kind of action equation, how you put it. And it was also just finally got you into the arena. Maybe all it took was a podcast to get you into the, a podcast and a talk in Mexico to get you into the arena. Yeah. I, it just got to a point where I was like, I've been you know working with you or hanging out with you for a number of years. I have no idea what you do. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that was the that was the tipping point. But you know, also to put out there, we've learned a lot about podcasting. We have <laughs> recording, pressing the record button, and uh, attaching our microphones, and not speaking through AirPods, and various other things. So yeah. yeah, it's been it's been freaking awesome. Cool, man. All right. So next episode is Q and A's for each other um, about health, about mindset, and. I have an interesting question for you, which I'll wrap up with, which I'm curious to see how your values with align with, with health and your supplements and all that kind of jazz. So we'll take it from there. So that's for the next episode. It's for the next one. Awesome. Let's do it. Thank you, guys. See you next time.